think we need to have a conversation with some of all these rich black people mm. um, who say the government is failing to do. You've made enough money. Go build a school. People are associated with ANC, but they don't want to associate publicly. But I just wish we could all come to one table and realize that <laughs> we subdividing ourselves absolutely for for a struggle that it's bigger than all of us. Spread the fire and welcome back to SMWX. Today, I'm really excited to be joined by legendary broadcaster Penny Lebiane. Thank you so much for joining us on SMWX. Thank you for having me. I feel like this show is really starting to grow and we have the likes of you coming on to SMWX. Like, thank you for, thank you for elevating the status of SMWX. Well, thank you and congratulations on, on the journey so far. Um, I'm quite excited as well to, you know, to have been invited to be a guest. Well, I mean, you rub shoulders with the likes of Stephen Bartlett and things. So, you know, I just told you this before yeah. we started I'm this like, recording. Wow, you're like, now you're like bringing it up. Well, I got to go and watch Stephen Bartlett have a conversation in an intimate situation at the Saxon. Cool. And, you know, there was a bonus cause we, he got to sign like his mm. book for us, which was a free copy. Very and cool. he was just talking about his journey and I was just mm. like, my goodness, what a fascinating young man. Mm. And here I am, I'm sitting to another fascinating young man who's doing amazing things. From here to a million subscribers. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, you're one of the, one of the country's legendary broadcasters. And what interests me about your career and your experience is how you've straddled different forms of broadcasting that are worlds in and of themselves. What first got you interested or what do you think in your life journey got you interested in, in the, the medium of broadcasting and what you eventually came to do in a legendary way? So I was a, I'm a kid who, who grew up like in a Perry Eben area in Bushbuck Ridge. And then at 13, I came to live in Soweto, um, you know, greater Johannesburg with my parents. Um, when I was growing up in, in Bushbuck Ridge, you know, the kind of media that I was consuming was like, old newspapers which we would use for yeah. the lavatory <laughs> and then um you know radio which was um radio Lebo, which is currently tabela mm. so a lot of music a lot of uh, radio dramas is what used to fascinate me and then at school i was part of like performing arts and drum majors and things like that mm. um and i think when i got to come and live in soweto i kind of like understood what the world of media is how this television there's print, there's radio, and then there's these people who are famous or have influence, or you read about them in the newspaper, but they're actually, they're real people. You you see them, you know, living in Soweto, you see them in the streets, or, or you might have seen someone on television, and there you are walking in the streets of Joburg, and then you see them. Mm. Uh, I think by by 14, uh, you know, grade, I mean, standard 7, 8, I kind of like had an idea of like, this is the world that I want to get into. Uh, and at that time, people like uh, Felicia Mubuza Sato yes, on yes. African television, Sizam Lebazi. Mm. But prior to that, it was like people like Sally Jesse, Raphael, uh, you know, Phil Donahue. Mm. Um, it, as you can hear, it's like middle America, mm. white woman, middle aged white man mm. talking to like their communities or their people about from sex scandals to mental health. And I'm watching this and I'm like, this is interesting, mm. but I can't, I don't know what it's called until I see Felicia do it and yeah. see some limits. I'm like, that's the thing I want to do. Mm. I want to have conversations with South Africans, yeah. uh, you know, one way or the other. But 
on the other side of that, I'm consuming Radio Bob. I'm calling in on mm. Tish Mataz's show. I'm listening Tish to Mataz. Ben and 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 George Manyosi and Ben Dikowe. Uh, you know, I am fascinated by Shero Twala and Tamba Madumo, mm. uh, Brenda Sisani, Zani Lenzalo, Bob Mabena, Glenn Lewis. Mm. Uh, you know, mm. so it's like I want to be in the middle of that, a sure. little bit of entertainment and a little bit of social issues. Mm. But obviously mm. now I have the language, uh, you know, for it. Yeah. And that's really initially what got me interested in it. So when the first community radio licenses were sort of like about to be issued, when yeah. they were like making a call for young people uh, who are interested in, in radio to go get training, um, I jumped on. I went to Soweto Community Radio, which is currently yeah. Josie FM, and I got trained there but I never worked with them. Then I joined Voice of Soweto a year after. Um, and then two years into that, the original stations, YFM, mm. Kaya FM, and the ones in Cape Town, P4, and all of that come in. So then I'm the I'm the kid from the community station who goes straight to SABC. I went to Metro FM when everybody else went to to YFM yeah, and yeah. Kaya. Yeah, so I, I went to... So that's how my radio journey mm. really starts. Mm. So I think stories, people, mm. music, South Africa, yeah. that's really what got me into it. One of the things that interests me about those two two worlds, the world of culture and in some ways the world of current affairs, social issues, is it's really hard to bridge those two mm. in media. Um, like I've often been interested in, okay, do I, do I bring a celebrity and try to talk to them about politics, but then something about that doesn't, doesn't work? Or do, mm. I, do I ask a politician, like, what music are you listening to again? Mm. Something about that doesn't work. So even though the worlds are in some ways very similar, it's very hard to actually bridge them together, I've found. I think we've we hardened them, um, you know, as mm. especially from a South African media landscape. Yeah. It happens in the US. Mm. It happens in mm. the UK. It happens in you know, in Australia. We're the ones who've kind of like subdivided that. Mm. But and we we've also chosen to make people one dimensional, whereas people are very multifaceted. I mean, you know, um if we talk about politics and culture in this country, pop culture, there's no way that you cannot talk about it. You can't talk about yeah. Miriam and Sophia Town and not talk about Nelson Mandela and, and Sophia Town and the lifestyle there mm -hmm. and what was going on in our country at that particular era and how one has influence over the other. But I think um, post-94, uh, sort of say, once we, you know, and I was a child at the time and it's one of the things that I've struggled with in media because mm -hmm. I, I kind of like struggle with this boxing of like you're you're this Absolutely. you're this or you're not that Absolutely. and then if you do this you could never do yeah. that yeah, yeah. Um, and I stubbornly kind of like refuse certain things because I realize that we don't allow broadcasters mm. uh, you know to move like that uh, you know Gail yeah. King can talk to Jay-Z and R. Kelly and at the same time Absolutely. Uh, Diane, Diane Sawyer and Barbara Walters can, mm. can talk to a kid, uh, you know, who is middle of America, uh, the dancing queen of the local community, the same way he can talk to yeah. Yasser Arafat. Mm. Why don't we allow that in this country? Because we, we want to box people and then people don't believe that you can be, they don't affirm or encourage being multifaceted. Yeah. So, um, and when you're current affairs, they think you're too serious. I mean, so one of the things I refused yeah. to do was to do, to do straight up current affairs mm, shows because mm. um, I, I, I see why we, 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 we enjoy it, but we obsess about it. Yeah. And then we let go of other dimensions of who we are as South Africans. Yeah, you know? yeah. and, and as a broadcaster or as a personality, you get limited. Yeah. And I think it's unfair. So true, like the way we get 
pigeonholed and and when you're in the media space because it's a public perception yeah. it's almost as if people's public perception of you then allows you to think what you can do and what yourself you yeah and you get locked into the the the, the image of you yeah. that has been created by yeah. the media yeah because you give them permission personalities mm. give them permission so i stubbornly said no sure you know i mean i I got offered to do seven to, to nine on, on, on Metro FM at 25. And at that mm. time I was a judge on idols yeah. and I had to look at like where I want my career to go and how long it wants to stretch. Mm. And at that time I can, I can mention the women who were doing current affairs and how they were, they were um, expected to carry themselves, yeah. how they were expected to be. And they couldn't do anything else. Mm. I was on idols. I was doing, clubbing I had done gig guides I was doing fashion and I was like you know I do broad conversations versus that and at the time I was just like really I need to read through the ANC's January 8th <laughs> statement and then I was like can yeah. I talk to at the time like Tito Mbowen was the governor I was like yeah. can I just talk to Tito about growing up wherever he grew up they're like no he's the governor I was like oh please yeah. there must be something else about the guy besides him being the governor Absolutely. and and I think up to this day, we still don't have those conversations. So therefore, mm. we don't really know a lot of people who lead us. We don't so know true. what we don't know what the kind of people they are. So true. We don't know if they're funny people, mm. if they are kind-hearted people, yeah. if they're moody, if they're ignorant, yeah. and we don't know their psychology. We don't even bring people to like psychoanalyze them. Whereas absolutely, the British do it, the Americans do it. So they give us a full texture and a layer of a personality. We don't. We don't even know our musicians. That's so true. And our politicians, you know, one of the things that I've tried to do on this show is not do like the interview where, mm. you, where you're the authoritative figure and you ask the person as if you know everything and, and ask political figures like, how did that feel? Or, you know, how are you kind of thing? Yeah. The, the, the funny thing for me is they don't know how to respond. Because they're also, they, yeah. they're also preconditioned exactly. to react. Yeah. So I used to do breakfast television yeah, yeah. um and then you know the thing is you know you gotta be the people you gotta be mm, hard, mm, hard mm. when you're talking to politicians or, and i'm like then i don't want to do it yeah. because then i don't want to get into an argument early in the morning uh, about stuff <laughs> but also it's, it's already early it's now very early, yeah but but then you but also if you just before you even get to what we're going to talk about you say so good morning how are you doing mm. they're like I'm, yeah it's like <laughs> even even just a normal like, good morning. okay can you <laughs> we're human first before we are all these positions Absolutely. and titles and, and people want to know like what your life know. is like who, yeah. who you are but also they people then politicians come very programmed mm. you know they know that you're gonna uh, attack them they yeah. have to defend them yeah. and they must have a position and then they're like what is his angle mm. and then how mm. and it's like whoa we're just having a conversation yeah. <laughs> can exactly. we can we also just have conversation yeah. even about the the tough difficult things that our country's going through yeah uh, and i think also how hard we've been in those conversations mm. is what has just made us obsess about certain things yeah and you know and when we focus on something it it kind of grows in that way i mean we can yeah. talk about the tough things and corruption and uh, policy and implementation mm. but at the same time we're trying to build a country we're a developmental state that's yeah. got a lot of challenges we're trying to deal with the redress of apartheid but we all that's why all of us are like why hasn't everything happened mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and i think we probably don't know what it's like to be a political figure in South Africa, because no one, no one has actually come out and said, you know, this thing is actually really hard. Like, you have to put up this 
front. You have to always have answers to questions. Everyone's laughing at you and attacking you. You're trying to do the best you can. And we've never heard, like, what is it like? Let's put all this stuff aside. Just how are you feeling about all this pressure? And how did you feel when, you know, that person ridiculed you on social media? And people say you have to have a thick skin, but do you really? And, you know, do you talk to your friends about you know, mm. what it's like to be in the public eye and under that pressure. Yeah, We don't get those conversations from our political class and therefore we don't really connect to them on that, on that level. Yeah, we, we, we don't. I mean, and I don't think it's just politicians, sure. but I think because we were talking about it, I think that's that. We, we've, we've totally um, removed the human aspect of it. Yeah. Um, and I think vice versa as well. You know, some politicians deal with the public as like, look, I get to do what I do because, you know, I have to do it for you. I mean, mm. it's not like I have a choice. My political party expect me yeah. to do this. And if it was up to me and you're yeah. like, okay, are you not a South African? Don't you care about no. our development? You know <laughs> what I mean? So, and and, and I think we, we, we need a lot of that in our media mm. space. We need to have those kind of conversations. Um, and not just political leaders, business mm. leaders as mm. well. Um, you know, and, and we, we're shocked when people are out of touch with reality uh, of ordinary people yeah. because they're concerned about, you know, the messaging that they need to deliver, what the policy speaks to, you know, who did what and stole what, when, how, and how to answer that. Mm. Uh, but in reality is some of the things didn't work because nobody knew what they were doing. It was a trial and error. And in reality, we don't know. We're trying to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> broadcasters as well. Yeah. Um, as you were saying that we don't, I say we like I've been yes, here for Yes, of course, for, but you are. Yeah, yeah. I love yeah. that. Um, but like, it's so funny because we speak to so many people mm. and allow them to share their stories in, in the way that we decide. But we very seldom get to talk about what it's like to be the person who's always ask, asking the questions. Yeah. To be on the side of, of a big broadcast company or, you know, on a, on a digital platform and the pressure that goes into that. Um, I wonder what your your insights are into that and, and what, you know, what being a broadcaster on talk, on music, on TV, on radio, you know, what what have the difficulties and what have the, the joyful moments of that been for you um, over your career? Um, I think because I, I started quite early at like 17, 18, I wow. think initially my biggest fear was messing up. Mm. Um, you know, I, I think I lived with that, uh, you know, in my early twenties with like this, um, self, um, policing monitoring of like, oh my mm. goodness, I can mess up and like spoil this whole thing. Uh, and it could be the end of it. I mean, I, mm. at 21, I was at, at the biggest radio station in the country yeah. and it, it was like the most, uh, successful cohort, I think, mm. uh, if not the second cohort generation of it like metro fm started in 1986 the first generation is like the best of the best sure. um you know shiro twalo uh, tim Udise, your bob mabenas yeah. your your evidence camp all of those guys they build this thing and now the thing is transitioning mm. into the new democracy it's transitioning mm. from radio metro to to metro fm and i'm a kid who represents a generation of young people who are off to bedrooms mm. <laughs> at yfm yeah. and everyone yeah. is like what is this kid doing here she's mm. coming from uh, community radio your your mates are over there i mean i was i was told i wanted to work for, for kaya actually mm. they said to me you're too young mm. your friends are at bedrooms <laughs> mm. and because literally i would be 
on Metro mm. doing my, my show and I'm gigging at the clubs yeah. with the rest of wow. the Yorvalites <laughs> and the yeah. Bramfontein bunch. And everyone at work is like, when do you sleep and do this thing? Yeah. This is SABC. We're very serious. And yeah. I'm like, you all yeah. are boring and a little <laughs> bit old, <laughs> you know? Um, so that came mm. with, with a lot of, of pressure. Mm. Because all eyes were on Metro FM, mm. you know, Romeo Kumala is like this new station manager. They, he's making a lot of uncomfortable changes uh, from a brand that people believed, you know, this is how it should be done, mess with it. And yeah. you're bringing all these young people. Um, and so that came a pressure of like, mm. I don't want to mess up. And also being in the entertainment industry, you know, you, 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 you can do all sorts of things trying to fit in and belong mm. before you know it. You're messing up off air and then it affects you on air you know and at the same time it was like the emergence of like a tablet newspapers so i became like tablet fooder Mm. uh you know Mm. um and at the same time i was on sabc one doing television so i'm on all these multi-platforms and it's a concept that not a lot of people were dabbling with Mm. at the time Mm. um now it's like yeah now it's like the thing to do you know and also a lot of people be like Oh, you can't do everything, you know, you must do one or the other. Mm. You know, also, I mean, are you this is metro, you gotta be serious about this. Mm. This thing of you dealing with club promoters and you know, you're doing a gig card on television, no one's gonna take you serious. Mm. And then you're thinking, but this is content. Yeah. And yeah. also this the content I do was based on my lifestyle. You know, sure. I would go to jazz events as mm. much as I went to the market theater, as much as mm. I went to a quite a concert as much as I went to a fashion event. So that's the content that I was bringing in, you know, the emergence of hip hop and, and, and quite. So you're dealing with, you're presenting lifestyle and concepts that you're familiar with to Mm. people who don't necessarily approve of it. So you're constantly butting, you know, head with, with ideas. Um, And then, you know, with the energy of youth, you're like, okay, you don't want me to do that. I'm going to do it this way. And you, you're constantly caught up in that. So it, it, it was, it's always been a, challenge to navigate mm-hmm. when you when you're coming in and you 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 ha- you have no one holding your hand you you're trying to 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 chart a path for yeah. yourself so uh it it came with a lot of pressure uh but i think coming from a community radio station uh content has always been king it was always about uh the community that you represent and what yeah. their issues are about so i took the same attitude when i went to the sabc you know, having to be able to understand um, a commercial public mandate and how that works, you know. And a lot of broadcasters even today don't understand when you're in a commercial uh, space that's got a public mandate. They Mm -hmm. still Mm -hmm. think it's just a commercial station, whereas you can't roll like that at the SABC. There's a lot of, um, you know, policy issues that you have to understand. You have to understand the landscape of the country. You have to understand language policy. You know, you have to understand um, the, you know, the political landscape of the country, developmental issues. So community radio grounded me in that way. Like Mm -hmm. I could, I can talk about mental health as much as I can talk about why, I don't know, we should care about, the manipulation of the rand yeah, yeah. <laughs> if i you know if that's Absolutely. where i want to go it's uh, you know it's ra- yeah but at the same time i'll i'll give the same energy and excitement if i'm going to talk about why you know i don't know um piano's rise is so important for pop mm. culture because mm. a lot of people also can't talk about it they just think there's a hot piano song yeah. but you got to be able to analyze it you know what that movement represents in a nation like ours and those are the kind of things that i i think i take pride in that i don't just do my media work as like it's it's just a cool thing it's yeah. like i understand what 
the bigger story is. Thanks for watching SMWX. Before we get back to the episode, I just wanted to let you know the four ways that you can help support this channel if you want to see us growing bigger and better to keep you more entertained and informed. The first way is you can invite me to speak at your company, your school, your institution. You'll see the contact details down below. The second way is that you can become a member of this channel. Become a member or you can give us a thanks. You'll see there's like a heart with a dollar sign in the ribbon below this video. Buy me and the team some coffee for this episode. The third way you can get involved is you can advertise on the channel. Now, I'd much rather the community of viewers would be advertisers on this channel than me going out to people who don't really know about SMWX and trying to explain it to them. So if you're a viewer and you have a business and you want to partner and you love this platform, let's partner on this channel. And then finally, you can buy merchandise, you can buy books. All this is in the description down below. Now let's get back to the episode. One thing I wanted to touch upon when, when listening to you there and, and some of your early, early years is we don't talk that much about just how nervous you can be yes. as a broadcaster. Yes. Like I'll never forget my first SABC show when it's like the lights are on, it's live. Yeah. The power of the SABC and the, the size of the audience. Yeah. And it's like, don't mess up. Yeah. And there's someone in your ear and it's like five, four, four three. three two, yeah. And because you're on TV, people are like, you're not allowed to be nervous. Like you're there that like, yeah. just do the thing. But a lot of nerves come with that and yeah. you have to uh, overcome that yeah. and look composed at the same time. And we don't talk as broadcasters about, wow, I was really nervous that day. Mm. I had to look professional. Mm. Um, and you have to master the art of looking calm when you actually might be nervous. Yeah, and how everything can go wrong. Oh my goodness. Uh, and like, and yeah. literally. And actually is yeah, in your ear. It's in your ear <laughs> and it's going wrong. Uh, you know, or or how, you know, just a minute before you went on, you could have had the worst news. Absolutely. Um, and then how you have to go on and care and you know and carry yourself. Um, mm -hmm. but also the reality of it is that level of anxiety over time, uh, you know, what kind of chemicals it releases in your brain and what that adrenal adrenaline does to you so and true. why people are constantly chasing the high. I mean, not just mm -hmm. as we're talking as broadcasters, but that also happens to artists. And Absolutely. that is why you find a lot of people in the space, uh, you know, suffer yeah. with, with, with addiction and, yeah. and substance yeah. abuse because they're triggered by that, uh, yeah, you know. And, and then I say to people that those early days are very important for mm. you to to get used to how your body reacts um, mm. so that you understand that this is just nerves. Because yeah. the minute you intercept it with something else to control it, then you you yeah. start relying on external factors to control it. Because, sure. you know, sure. that n n those nerves are a natural thing that's supposed to happen. Mm. It sharpens your mind. Sure. It opens up all your senses. It really centers you to be present in the conversation. Yeah. But the minute you put in other things, so you're going to chase that calmness or that high mm. and then you're no longer reliant on your on your senses mm. um mm. Uh, you know and and also that's also the other difference with um i'm, I'm not a trained journalist sure you know some trained journalists is like they train to if i'm going to have a conversation with caesar this is what i'm going to ask him and this yeah. is going to talk yeah. and then then we don't have a conversation we have a q a session Absolutely. um and and then there's like lots of like we're lost in translation and mm -hmm. whatever the conversation you're trying to have doesn't land yeah. um you know and, and and yes there's a q and a style of broadcast but then there's also just other conversations where we can just have a conversation about a thing and it's informative and it's and we we it's empowering and it's affirming and things like that yeah. but we we 
we we miss the natural moments that comes with that. Mm. You know, Quincy Jones says something like when he makes music, um, 80% of it is like the band and all the work that they've done. With it. He says, and then we live 20%, you know, for the magic of whether it's God, whoever you mm. believe in, mm. to come in that room and create that magic. Because yeah. Yeah. sometimes you might think I'm going to be talking to Suzu about this, yeah. but there's something that's, that calls for us to talk about for this moment. And then if you're so stuck in your ways, yeah. how's that going to flow? You know, so the the danger of, I mean, that whole adrenaline, that that nerves that come with that, it's a real thing, but you you kind of like need to get used to it, and you can be able to create like systems for yourself. Say, okay, I'm gonna yeah. calm myself down. Like I don't like talking to people before I go live on air. Mm. Like literally, I don't think people understand that no, that hour so. before you go live. I don't want like, to talk to yeah, anyone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd That's rather actually I avoid it. You know, yeah. and, and and you know, there's that whole thing of like you know you gotta be there an hour, two hours before. Mm. I literally just say I'm there, and then someone's gonna say something to me. They're gonna be like, oh my god, your hair looks funny. <laughs> I'm like really, now did yeah. I need this before I go on air? Oh, I saw you. It's like yeah, yeah. yeah. So you you you. That, you yeah. Zoning in, so yeah. all of those things are important. I find the hour before and the hour after, like yeah. I yeah. need time you to, to, to calm down. Yeah, yeah. to because yeah. you're going on this high, and yeah. then do you ever find yourself you're going? <gasps> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's and then and then of course these days as well, there's like the whole social media reception. Oh. So it's not just one broadcast. Yes. Now you've got people live reacting mm -hmm. to what you're doing as well. Mm. So yeah, I think like people in the public space and how they deal with social media is, is so important right now. I, I know you've brought, you've brought out these conversations um, bravely as well about, you know, uh, how you feel about certain things. Mm. Um, people call it mental health. I feel like yeah. that's now become like a, Another, a, tired, a label. tired label. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know what you're going through and how you're processing that. And, and the fact that you, you don't just have this linear experience, you yeah. have highs and you have lows. Mm. And um, yeah, like the, the social media climate mm. feels like the intensity is, is like it's never been before. Mm. Um, and how you create that barrier between all that uh, input and your professional work, I think is, is like a key part of the job these days. Yeah. I mean, I am grateful that I got into the media space before the emergence of social media. So I know yeah. what is life, life as a public figure mm -hmm. before social media, you know, in, you know, tabloids, newspapers coming into the country, the emergence yeah. of social media and, and, and enduring. Mm -hmm. So I kind of like, um, uh, because of the work that I've done in the, in the mental health space. Yeah. Um, and that came from that. It came from mm. exactly mm. what you're asking, you know, these nerves and this anxiety that comes with it, where you're in this high and then you're in the slow or you've done sure. this great project and then the next thing there's nothing happening. Mm. And you're never getting that as, as, a, as a young person and, and everything else that comes with it, you know, the unequal pay, mm. the sexism that's in mm. it, the... Mm. Uh, the racism that's in it yeah. and <laughs> when I'm when I was starting out like I didn't even have the language for it that mm. you know I was just mm. like I don't like that that makes me uncomfortable yeah oops okay so I'm off now no one even spoke to me about it what mm. did I do wrong mm. how do I fix that yeah. all of all of those things you know they they live in your live in your head mm. and they lead to um these unprocessed emotions yeah, um, yeah. you know and un, unexpressed feelings uh you know the anger that you can harbor that mm. can turn into mm. into something else this uncontrolled adrenaline this chasing of, sure. of this high and all of those things and it led me to to doing 
the, the advocacy work that, mm. I, that I do around mm. mental health issues to take that courage and to bravely speak out on certain yeah. things. But obviously to use my own lived experience to, to speak to that. Yeah. Um, and I guess it got us to where we are now, where it's like mental health is such an abused, mm. Uh, mm. you know, mm. word. But sure. we've made progress mm. uh, in terms of like Absolutely. it's a conversation that we can have, especially in media spaces yeah. where you, you know, you there's lots of type A personalities. Mm. Uh, everyone is chasing perfection. You know, you got to meet the standards. Mm. You know, you got to uh, smile even when you don't want to smile. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, you got to be uh, extra and people pleasing sometimes mm. and all of those things. And and it's it was important for me that, you know, I do that kind of work. But of course, also there's the African side of things where if you're not dealing with certain emotions and you're not coping, then we throw in witchcraft <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, sure, or, sure. you know, ancestral worship sure. or, you know, um, if you're re religious, you, you know, you, you've got um, demonic, whatever you mm, need to be, hands mm. need to be laid on you. And then it's just like, I'm just not coping. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really <laughs> I really that just need time out. Yeah. You know, I just need to know that my job will be here when yeah. I come back yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or this relationship is not working. Yeah. You know, I'm not a failure. Mm. <laughs> it's just not working. So, so it's those kind of conversations that were very important to have. You forwarded another really important conversation. Well, you've actually foregrounded two about racism in the media landscape, but also the gender injustice and inequality in the media landscape. Yeah. Um, let's focus on the on the gender inequality part, because, you know, I, I listened to some of your interviews, particularly the one you did on 702 relatively recently. Yeah. And as, as a man in the broadcasting space, it opened my eye to to you know the clear and apparent inequalities of gender that do you know happen mm. in all of south africa but mm. also how they manifest in the media landscape mm. um thoughts on that and and where are you on in, in your thinking on on how that has affected you and and where it is in the media landscape right now in south africa i think we're, we're making inroads like we are in a lot of spheres in our country yeah. um i think the biggest challenge that we always have is like um, this thing of like being a voice in the wilderness. Mm. It's like Penny's the one who's going to raise this thing. No one else is going to say anything about it. And then because and and I think the older I got, I got to understand the the fear is real because it means food being taken away, f uh, you know, from the table. It yeah. just means that if you you speak on certain things, um, you know. There's a lot of people who um, participate in in, in uh, uh, being the instigators of the, you know, gender inequality in the mm. workplace. They decide things like, you know, just women don't like listening to women. So we're not, we can't have women on drive, mm. you know, or it just doesn't work, uh, mm. you know, or, but I like Sizwe, you know, he's a cool guy and yeah. he's like, but... Penny's been here for like four or five years. She's sure. more experienced and whatever. Yeah. But it's like, but I like Sizwe. Mm. And then you're just like, okay, how is that decided yeah. upon? Is it is it skill? Is it what? It's just like, yeah. I actually, I'm tired of all these women here. Some some mm. you know, people mm. can say that. And, and not, it's men and women, you know. Sure. Um, but I think for me, because from day one, I was vocal about a lot of things. Mm. It just, you know, when you're in the middle of the ocean, you can't suddenly now jump out. 
you just have to carry on. <laughs> so, like, so now, you're so like, I'm here now. I've been the one who just talks yeah, about gender gonna, equality. Let's also gen- take bring let's race. Just, oh, let's, now I'm like, oh, let's bring in ageism. Oh, that's another one. Oh, yeah, that's what, oh, you, yeah. you know. So, so you just, you might as well just carry through. But I think the difference mm. now is you, you don't, blame yourself you don't mm. doubt yourself mm. you don't see yourself as an inadequate you don't uh think you're not good enough yeah. you, you 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 see it for what it is you see it for um you know it makes certain people uncomfortable uh you know because some are participating knowing mm. knowing others are participating unknowingly yeah. uh, and some are just rubbed off the wrong way because they've watched it for too long mm. and they have done nothing about it sure. and they feel that and that's the thing that South Africans do a lot. They they react to, oh my God, Penny speaks strongly on gender-based violence. Mm. If she comes here, she's going to start talking about gender-based violence. Mm. I'm like, no, I want to talk about blonde hair. <laughs> <laughs> sure. If you ask me about blonde yeah. hair, I'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and I think we, people also react to, you know, when you participate in public discourse and conversations, people personalize that. Uh, and then, you know, in, 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 in newsrooms and, and mm. bot rooms uh, and, and writing rooms and mm. decision-making rooms, it's like, uh, I think she's going to be a problem. Mm. And if no one else in that room says, I actually don't think so, yeah. then that decision is made on you and an opportunity um, that is good for you. But more than anything else, that, you know, missing out on, on value that you can add into that very conversation and other things that can take uh, that organization, that program, our country, our people forward. Absolutely. So, and I think that's that. So um, I've navigated it, I think, later on in life, um, I think mainly after 35 with Grace, mm. because I think in my 20s, it was very hurtful. I didn't understand. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't fathom if you have a problem with me, talk to me about it. Yeah. So you're reacting to the fact that I made a comment about something mm. in the newspaper or in a link on my show. Are you for real? Have you even met me? Mm. <laughs> You've never met me. You've never had a conversation with me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and and then, so I realized, and when I, I also just started talking to different people who who kind of like, yeah, you know, people tend to do that, but it's it's because they find, you know, your confidence and how you articulate about it very threatening mm. or very um i don't know mm. they feel a pushback of some sort yeah you know yeah but yeah i was listening to your interview uh with pearl tusi on um a bet behind the story yeah, behind the story and yeah you spoke about um it wasn't explicitly about that but about also the way that race can frame things in the media which maybe you see behind the scenes mm but the audience doesn't know about and you're talking about idols like a long time ago and how they were trying to like portray the black people who came onto idols as like particularly poor and poverty stricken to try and get sympathy um, one assumes um the, the question of race as well in in the media landscape and your experience of that i think in the in the early days um i think that that particular idols thing was more of a because I think I should address that mm. so that the context is correct. Um, I was just ref- reflecting on how 
season one mm. was literally trial and error for everyone. We True. we got this um, format from the UK. I mean, I met someone, Carl, when he came here. Mm. Uh, you know, Idols coming out of the UK, even though it gained its yeah. popularity in the US, is because Americans, uh, they Americanized it. So I didn't understand why we're not South Africanizing Idols, mm. you know. Mm. Um, you know, in the UK, it was about the English music catalogue and, and celebrating their English story. Sure. And, you know, you'd find like, kids from Ireland and, and rough villages in the UK yeah. being part of that and becoming a success story in the U US, same thing, middle America, uh, children or children from the project and really coming out and becoming something. Sure. Um, and my experience at the time was like, there were kids who came from like predominantly mixed race colored areas mm. and kids mm. from townships who had never for example, slept in a hotel, mm. who had never been styled before, right. who didn't even have a, an idea of like, you know, what it takes to package mm. Um, mm. A, a star in the making. And they put through the pace, uh, the paces with like a white stylist, a white, white makeup artist, oh. a, uh, you know, her person. And, and then, you know, if baggy jeans are, are cool for us, the kids in the townships and all stars, and then you're going to put me in some loafers to go perform. Mm. One, I'm not comfortable in that outfit. Mm. Mm. And secondly, <laughs> I have a language barrier in that room in that moment. Sure. And then, you know, me being me, I'm like, that child looks uncomfortable in mm. that. I mean, I was mm. barely a child myself. I think I was like 25. I'm talking about 19-year-olds wow. and 21-year-olds. And, and they're like, ah, they're yeah. not going to make it to the next round. I'm like, how do you know they're not going to make it to the next round? Mm. Mm. How do you know? You know, so those kind of yeah. things got me into trouble. Mm. Um, but also the reality is that, I mean, this is year 2000. How many black people had DSTV? We were watching That's it on Amnet. Yeah. So the demographics of the country spoke to, to what? Mm. Who had access to, to, to voting into that? You know, and I'm not saying that the people who won at that Absolutely. time don't, didn't have equal talent. But I believe that the, the you know, the black kids and the, the, and when I say black kids, I mean holistically, I mean yeah, yeah. The, the kids, the colored kids and who were there, they were actually talented. Uh, but also if, if you're picking your, your song, uh, the song catalog that you have there, it's Guns and Roses. You've never heard it mm. for the first time. I know mm. you're a good singer, and yeah. you know you're gonna learn lyric. You're gonna learn the lyrics, but I mean, a little bit of Percy Sledge will take you far because that's what you've heard. Sure. Sure. <laughs> you know, yeah. a little bit of which is what it became over the years. Absolutely. So I just I feel I I felt at that time that mm. you know the people who were making decisions were not in touch with the reality of yeah. of who we are, who our country was, and you know. In my con in my conscious uh, in my consciousness at the time, I really I mean I took a lot of things to heart. Like the finals are going to be on June 16, and you're not mm -hmm. going to give us a black kid. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like so, mm -hmm. a lot of things for me were just like <laughs> I was just like this is just doesn't yeah. make sense. If and, this is about yeah. youth, it's yeah. got to be that radical and changing and life changing and impactful. Yeah. And obviously, it didn't live up to what my standards or expectations were at that particular mm. time and obviously mm. um unfortunately if you know if you work in productions and you're talking to certain people about certain things they might not voice it out to you yeah. but they'll go make decisions about you after the fact mm. yeah and which is which was my experience and and i think i was speaking to to that also in that time you know because the whole thing of like a white stylist or a white makeup artist i mean then the next thing is you're dealing with 
shade and color mm. uh, you know you're looking ashy on television you know they can't do your hair and those things are influenced by really not caring yeah and that's those are things that we experience i experience in, in television yeah. uh, in magazine you know doing mm. magazine covers mm. you know where you look at yourself you're like i was really not that black here um <laughs> I, i had to you know what i mean and those are the things that I, that i had to do with and and i think for me because i was a kid who was consuming a lot of black american uh Uh, content like I was I used to read Essence and in in Trace right. and right. and Pride coming out of the UK so I knew what black people look like yeah. when they are like hot in hip hop Probably and I was like I'm like I'm not popping here yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like I'm not definitely not mm, popping mm, mm. so and 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 it was coming from that yeah, you know exactly. it was coming it was coming from it and it was kind of coming from disrespect it was coming from I got to look good yeah. because I got lots of kids looking at me <laughs> Sure. <laughs> you know sure. what I mean representing um but it was the time in the era of the time but obviously yeah. things changed you know to you've I've, we've seen black photographers shooting magazine covers we've seen black editors in magazines yeah. uh we've seen also you know um people who are not necessarily black who have interest in in black culture mm. and how it's portrayed and how it's positioned in pop culture yeah. uh you know but also also allowing um you know us to bring our experiences and our culture because there was really nothing wrong with me saying what I was saying if I was just given a platform to Absolutely. say maybe to the stylist this is how generally kids in Mitchell's plane look yeah. look like make them comfortable if mm. they sing in the church they're going to be comfortable being a little bit churchy like mm. because at the end of the day it's their voice yeah. but even if you're giving them an image then let's know that that's what we're working with because when the mm. kids look so shocked and <laughs> you're like oh they're not going to make they're not going to make it uh, you yeah. need to go back and look at some of these loafers from idols like <laughs> and see what these loafers you're talking about are. Oh, well um it's 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 interesting you say that because like i've seen some of your interviews and then you go to these places and then on these mainstream platforms they're like whoa whoa okay let's come back to the normal yeah. now on here we're like let's go there yeah let's go there and, yeah. and what you're what you're saying gets me thinking also about news media especially the private news media in South Africa right now which is moving a lot towards these subscription based models. Yeah. And I'm like but who are the subscribers? Yeah. And if the s- subscribers are disproportionately white coming from a particular perspective and they're the ones funding you then you're going to create your news and package it around their interests. Yeah. And rather than informing the public you're going to inform your subscribers. Yeah. And so I think part of that problem that we saw in in idols back then is also mirroring itself now in South African news where sometimes you feel like the news is coming at me but it's not packaged for, for me. me. Yeah. And and I think I mean at the end of the day I guess it's a business. Um but like I was saying that for me because I got my media career starts on a community radio station which is about community issues. uh you know and i'm always cognizant of south africa is a developmental state mm-hmm. and i think uh as much as we are pursuing profit yeah. uh you know we always have to take into our minds like what kind of a nation we want to see in the long run yeah. and i know a lot of broadcasters especially private ones argue that's the sabc's business mm-hmm. uh but the majority of the people who consume your product uh you know live in in dire situations that are not necessarily a reflection of the kind of people that you have yeah. i'll make an example when i did motswako for example on sbc2 yes, yes, yeah. which is a um an sbc2 in terms of language uh, covering its its africans and all the other sotho languages mm. which means sotho sotswana sebedi um so you know 
there's a tonality in terms of like all those languages mm. when you talk about mm. things um and then it's a it's a woman's show one of the yeah. one of the things i normally do when i get into a show especially that has existed with other hosts before me i want to see the ratings of mm. the show previously i want to know what are the things that work on the show what the listeners like but i want to see what the strategy for channel is what they want to achieve uh with the show and where they would like to go and then uh you know navigate how the production company does that so sure. so that i know that the mandate for the channel is as much as this is what we're doing in production yeah there was an issue with language mm. there was an issue with accessibility of the type of women that they had mm. they felt that the women were uh, you know very elite very upper class yeah. you know um you know when they spoke in sotho or, or any other language you could hear that maybe they they're just doing it because mm. you know uh they 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 don't they don't give care to to the language and mm. and, and speaking about issues in that language yeah. and so i made it my business that i'm going to make sure that um i don't falter on language um and secondly i'm not going to come across as mm. as much as i i lived in foways or lived in in, in fendale at yeah. the time you know or live in senton or hang out in senton um the people are watching me are not senton girls mm. <laughs> they you know so so i you i'll use someone like my sister who lives in soweto uh, who you know is a nail technician she interfaces with different women from different walks of life mm. what kind of conversations they have you know and then i'm going to be yeah. more attentive when i'm at my local spa mm. uh you know the same way that i'm going to be attentive when i'm at the gym so that those women can yeah. meet each other you know mm. you you know it's, it's it's because the show is all about is about south african women which come from all walks of life yeah. so therefore if i'm talking to a politician i'm going to find in them uh the young woman who grew up in soweto who became an activist before they were minister mm. Mm. <laughs> then that conversation becomes they're more open sure. they're not de- they're not in their position and def- defensive about what they talk because now they're talking to an audience who's not necessarily living in the world that they live in mm. but they're trying to their work requires them to do work that yeah. delivers to the very people because i also feel like a lot of times in media we as you say they yeah. come at you we 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 don't talk to our audience we talk at them yeah. Yeah. you know bankers talk to bankers in banking language uh, you know and and then they throw us off with all these financial yeah. language and in the rest of the country is like what are you talking about exactly. uh, next you know then it's yeah random manipulation and we're like what does that mean mm. you know but, but because no one is taking time to come to our level because as far as i'm concerned before lesage was the governor he's a guy from polokwane there who can simplify this thing in sepedi so that all of us can understand mm. why can't africans who sit in these positions feel that articulate the things that they do so i used to say to people yeah. so what do you tell your grandmother you do hmm. and then they'd be like huh i'm like yeah if mm. you go home and you're talking to your grandmother about your work mm. remember they're very proud of you so they're not going to judge you yeah. so i'm not going to judge you I want to know what you do. Yeah. Firstly, they're going to be enthusiastic about it. Yeah. They're going to be interested. They're going to be even the things that they 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 shy about because uh, also the other things South Africans tend to do is that people don't like to blow their own horn and talk about the good things that we do. We all know the bad things that people do. Mm. And we 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 I we we wonder why things go bad in our country because we don't celebrate anything good that we do. Mm. <laughs> you know, we focus on that. Sure, so sure. when I did Motswako, my thing was that. And then then mm. I looked at little things like um, you know, if you want to meet, you know, me- you want to be in the middle of the elite woman and the an ordinary woman, 
I can't be wearing a weave all the time. If I plait my hair, everybody can relate. <laughs> if I show up with my natural hair, everybody can relate. Sure. If I'm not too prim and proper, mm. you know, and then, you know, f- how you dress, you know, mm. your feminine, all of those elements speak to yeah. your presentation aspect. You know, in the news, for example, there's a lot of distractions these days. You see some girls with the eyelash this big. <laughs> and I'm trying to listen to the bullets and I'm like, what is she talking about? <laughs> So so there's there's that traditional thing about the news but yeah. then there's the editorial thing that can be like the worst one is when they're talking to someone the reporters and then they're talking yeah. to them in English and you're like right in the middle of I don't know mlazi mm. it's like why did you send a reporter there who can't speak the language of the people who are you reporting this for mm. you know and 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 those things must be just I decided in the newsroom yeah and the editorially those are the things that you know it must be taken into cognizance so the private media sometimes overlook those things yeah. because as you say they they care about what they care about but who are they broadcasting to yeah. well another interesting thing as i was going through your twitter timeline <laughs> my twitter timeline <laughs> is very interesting i was seeing uh was it the nc january 8th statement yes it was right and i was like wow cuz that it just came as a surprise and i was like oh okay but it's completely consistent with your being outspoken on various issues and not being put into a box and and saying what you believe mm. and not feeling like you should be silenced yeah um what was the backstory of that were you there supporting the anc are you are you a full anc supporter and if so why and and you know what what do you think those of us who are very critical of the anc uh are missing so um i used to not be interested in what the anc gets up to mm. besides just following the history and the story of what you know the anc has been to our country for years yeah and yeah. then um i move in circles where you listen to a lot of people especially in the black middle class mm. uh you know all the problems that they have about the anc and then you're like but mm. what do you guys do like what are you doing about it mm. um and some of them are done business you know um that's yeah. linked to government or some of them ha- have got close proximity to certain people in power mm. um and and then you and then and then I was like I actually need to get in and like really understand mm. so at first you know I've always been concerned about how the women uh in the political movement stories just get edited sure. from Charlotte Macleake to sure. to all of them where yeah. it's like they were not there in the room like literally Absolutely. and then i'm just like okay so if no one is talking about them mm. who's going to talk about them mm. uh, you know so is it only the women in the ANC who must talk about them uh, what about the rest of us yeah. then i follow those women's stories and then i was like let me actually do this thing properly so mm. i would go to uh, women's league stuff just sit and listen to conversations mm. um and obviously Um, as I was saying when I was at Mutsuaka, I would meet a lot of like women who are in politics. And then I just realized how they're really trying to do what they're trying to do. Sure. But there's generation gaps, there's different um, women who sp- sit in spaces of influence and mm. nobody necessarily wants to associate. Mm. But they actually, people are associated with ANC, but they don't want to associate publicly. Mm. So when, I, mm. when it was good and when it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, okay. So and then you listen to some, have you ever been in a brunch? No. Mm. So I joined a brunch, mm. my local brunch. Go through the whole brunch thing. Yeah. You know, the the what needs to happen and whatever. And then obviously 
and I used to participate prior to that um, as uh, as in the creative industry with mm. like creative workers union. I would go sit. Sure. Um, and I've said, for example, to people in the entertainment industry, every president, the only one I've never had because I was too young to go to is Mandela. Everybody said if the entertainment, the creative industry needs to unite so that, you know, you can mm. advance the causes of there's still no uniting. Yeah. Now, Tabumbegi did that. Uh, President Jacob Zuma did that. Um, currently, mm. you know, President Mandela is probably the only one that I said I was too young to go mm, to that. Mm. And then I was always fascinated by that. Like, how does the union link to political parties and all of that? Yeah, and then yeah. I enlightened. And eventually I said, I actually want to, I'm going to go and join a branch and be a part, member of a branch. And I did that. Mm. And then when mom Albertina died, you know, sure. I was like, I'm going to get that green shirt in honor of her mm. generation of mm. women, uh, you know, mom Winnie and all of that. And then yeah. I did that, uh, you know, but you know, have I come out and said, yeah, yeah, I'm a, an ANC member, whatever. Mm. It's not, it's, it's for me to do. I'm a citizen of this country. I'm allowed to do that. Um, but the same way that, uh, you know, I've um, supported Floyd and Julius sure. because they're my brothers, they're my friends. And I, you know, I, I was literally praying for them when they were kicked out of the party mm. to go mm. do whatever, uh, your dad and things like mm. that. Because I really believe in like different uh, voices yeah. uh, being given a platform and opportunity in that country, mm. uh, number one. Um, and I think people should be critical of the ANC, uh, you know, in any other political party. Sure. Um, and in, in why? Because I believe that a lot of times as, as South Africans, especially those of us who have access to Twitter and media and, and spaces, we like to complain in corners, mm. but we don't like to get in and get our hands dirty. But we also complain when we, things are not going our way. Uh, you know, when when I'm not close to Cizwe because we've had our own fallout now, sure, sure. Uh, therefore, I don't know if this podcast is going to work Cizwe. Mm. I mean, really, now you're talking to people like Penny. <laughs> I did tell you not to talk to people like Penny because yeah. now, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. but you, what you're not realizing is uh, things evolve um, and, and people grow. Yeah. And, and at the same time, uh, you know, different influences come. I, I, I don't think the NC doesn't know how bad things are. Mm. I mean, I host a show called Umpagati on Moja Love. Uh, the same way, that's another thing. Oh my God, Penny, you're going to work for Moja Love. I'm like, the entire country watches Moja yeah. Love. Your grandmother watches it. Your mm. mother watches it. And the issues that we talk about in Moja Love, you have family housing problems. You, in sure. your family, you, you, sure. you. <laughs> right now. <laughs> but you want to pretend that, no, 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 no. Mm. I live in Morningside. Mm. Really? When last did you go home? Mm. Hmm? When else did you go home? Your cousins are staying at your grandmother's house. Mm. You all can't visit your grandmother's house. So who must talk about it? Who? Absolutely. Not me? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I, I host a show called Umparati, which goes into communities and we talk about service delivery issues. Mm. People are hurt. Yeah. People are broken. Yeah. But you know what's the saddest, saddest, saddest thing? I know South Africans, how resilient, self-reliant um, rel they were um, prior to 94, mm. um, you know, I grew up in, in, in a village. I, you know, we knew the, the local supermarket owner. We all would participate and my grandparents would do that. We all stopped doing that, mm. you know? Why did we stop? We stopped because the ANC was supposed to do it for us, so the government for us. Yeah. So we also lost a, 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 a sense of self-worth as black people. And part of the problem is the thing that I was talking about earlier on. 
we focus on one element of influence. Mm. Everything is politics. Everything's politics. You know, we, 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 yes, policy drives everything. But at the end of the day, we, we need to take ownership of, of different aspects of areas of influence. You know, we allowed Nigerians and whoever else to take over our church. We also allowed at some point Zimbabweans to be the ones who are teaching our kids in our schools. We let our schools, uh, you know, we had famous schools. Um, in, in, in Limpopo, for example, they had boys' schools like Boyen, Mutsemaria, whatever. If you, if you can count the most influential people in this country who went to those schools, ask them, what did they, what did they when last did they go to the school? When last did they contribute to the school? Mm. And have they ever taken their children there? No. All of them went to the fancy new schools in, in Polokwane, in Bendo Park, sure. in Nelspreet and whatever. Nobody, nobody uplifted those schools in the Siskai. You can think of, in mm. Devon Girls, like all those schools produce some of the best yeah. crop of this country. But half of those best crop of the country didn't give back to that. Mm. Second, same thing with the very ANC. There's some people who were called, say, oh, you all in media, come sit here. Uh, Naspers need to disperse some funds mm. and Media 24 and they got shares. How many other production companies did they build? How many other... Uh, uh, now they're talking about a parallel SABC. Why did they build it then? You mm. know why? Because they were all collecting the money for themselves in yeah. the beginning. Yeah. And, and when is the most crucial time of anything? In the beginning. They messed up the foundations. They did it with a very politician that they're angry with right now. You know, we need... I think we need to have a conversation with some of all these rich black people mm. um, who say the government is failing to do... You've made enough money. Go build a school. You have money. Sure. The, you've all ate the money with them. Mm. Now you're not building the schools. Now you're complaining about the quality of education. Yeah. Where are your kids going to school? In London. Mm. Mm. Are they not? They are. So, sure. so for me, I don't do things in the dark and I do things every, in the light. Yeah. So um, I can... Hmm. I emceed the NC Gala dinner in Kimberley. I think I was paid 10 grand for that. That's probably hmm. the only one I've ever been paid for. Yeah. Um, I worked with Groovin when he was doing local government because they were interviewing young um, councillors and all of that. I'm a broadcaster. Hmm. Um, and like I said, I don't do mainstream current affairs on mainstream television, sure. but it doesn't mean I can't have conversations about political issues and whatever. Um, and yeah, and I think for me, I don't mind doing work and stuff and going to the women's league events and listening mm. to those. Also, I understood the role of what those the generation of women played and what role we can play in this generation. But it's not cool. Nobody wants to be in the women's league yeah. because it's for old women. Mm. Okay, well, we're waiting for everyone to turn 50. Maybe we'll still have <laughs> a role and something to contribute to. So, but I mean, at the same time, um, hey, I want the EFF to do well. I want RISE to do well. Mm. But I just wish we could all come to one table and mm. realize that <laughs> we subdividing ourselves Absolutely. For, for a struggle that it's bigger than all of us. And I, I completely defend your, your right, yeah. you know, to associate with who you want to associate yes. with. And, and that's so much about what the freedom that we're supposed to have... Um, attained is about it's about being able to be free to associate vocalize your opinion and and not have any consequences for that whether that's political or otherwise you know. and also sure. i just i think also in our country one a dangerous thing that's starting to happen is mm. 
we 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 not allowing space for different voices Absolutely. and i find that very problematic mm-hmm. it's like if if you're done with something and you're angry about it it's okay sure, sure. Uh, but now you can't come and want to dictate to people mm. because we all represent different things at different times yep. there are people who are first generations of certain things uh you know and others come in their 10th generation yeah. and then in the 10th generation a different energy can happen and change yeah. things around uh, do you know what i mean and sure. and i th- and i think we should allow that uh you know to happen Absolutely. if we if we and, and and i think we 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 that kind of democracy that should be able to to do that mm. without uh people because they feel a certain way about a certain thing uh, and also if you don't agree with me then you must attack me personally mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. people are going to um you know use derogatory language they're yeah. going to attack your family mm-hmm. like what is that and it. but that's a little bit of like a twitter thing yeah. um you know and and we shouldn't agree on anything it, you know we shouldn't agree all the time we're, mm-hmm. we're allowed to disagree and we we're allowed to to engage on conversations and respect each other uh on our differing you know opinions yeah. and that's that's the kind of democracy i believe that uh you know the people who died for this country died for um and more than anything else we spend a lot of time attacking each other especially as, as as africans versus the real issues we need to be dealing with in corporate south africa mm-hmm. you know i mean i think the most people who fight is in their body corporates they don't even fight in the mm-hmm. schools you know mm. a lot of black parents are problematic in in the schools mm. it's like oh okay we're well, not going to do that just now the principal mm. is you know my daughter and then the policy remains and the things cha- stay the same 10 Absolutely. years and you're like you're like how come this ha- policy was allowed in the school when mm. sister didn't you go there 15 years ago yeah yeah <laughs> no it's 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 one of the most important questions and and we'll end here but we could have a whole conversation just on this what is it about us not being able to speak when we're in the room because we've got in the room now yeah right we're we're in the boardroom or we're in the place of influence and we've been given a voice to speak as as black people in south africa and then we stay quiet because we don't we we're afraid of being kicked out of the room yeah. and yeah. and 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 also i understand and i can tell you um i've spoken a lot of things my bank account is a reflection of that mm. if i had shut my mouth um i would be sitting in very <laughs> interesting places do you know what i mean yeah. um yeah. but like i said i'm in the middle of i started at at 17 18 by the time i got to the sabc that yeah. was my thing yeah. and by the time i realized that it's costly i was in my 30s mm. So um I'm not going now to turn around and say you know uh because now um I have I've built this um credibility yeah. I've built this reliability I have uh fine tuned having a voice um I see myself as a catalyst for these uncomfortable conversations um and and I want to influence with impact with integrity and in sincerity i don't want to lie to anyone and i don't want to i don't want to um uh enforce anything on anyone but i i want to be me and do what i do with integrity and be respected for that uh you know and and leave it at that so the fear in that room is that is that people are afraid um of the food being removed in the table yeah. and a lot of the anger that we we seeing now not just towards the nc and mm. other things is because 
people are also just feeling that certain things have been taken away from them. Uh, you know, they're not part of certain things uh, because some of them were part of certain things and now they're speaking from a pace, place of displacement. Mm. Um, mm, sure. And when others were suffering, mm. you didn't care. So I think one of the biggest problems that we have is is this thing of people of not caring and also pride. I think, I think um, uh, we need a lot of humility to come to a place of saying, we've messed up. We don't know what we're doing. We made a lot of mistakes. Or we're making promises that we don't even know that we can fulfill. There's a lot of political parties and people that are saying things that really it's not going to be like that. Some policies that they're talking about, oh, we'll change that. Mm. It's going to take two terms mm. to change it. And rather just say that. Just say yeah. that. But they're not saying, saying that to the yeah. public. They're saying, yeah, this if we're in power, we'll change this. Mm. Okay, we'll see. Mm. <laughs> well. Uh, we could we could have a. I'm hoping one day we will have a, a part two. But um, Penny Libiane, thank you so much for gracing our platform for sharing so so um, so open heartedly with us um, and giving us a dose of uh, critical reflection and fun at the same time. And thank you for all the work that you do and continue to do. Uh, great stuff. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm always the part two girl. I always get promised part two, right? Is that so? Yeah, Nolene promised me a part two. It never happened. <laughs> Clement promised mm, me a part two. Clement. Guys, like, mm. just do a five-hour yeah. session just do, with me. Yeah, like, 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 one. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of girl. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs>